The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 182 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not doing that well because it's probably right around Christmas time and you're lonely and you're depressed and you're resorting to listening to us. That's that's fair. But now that people are kind of more back into their houses uh, due to new COVID variant, which we will talk a little bit about how it's affecting the NBA on this show, maybe there's more time for people to listen to podcasts when they want to get away from their family. Or they're traveling. That's true. Travel, travel. So I guess... I don't know, Zan. There's a lot of things we could we could start with, but let's let's save some of like, you know, there's been a ton of NBA postponements. There's a bunch of guys in protocols. It's pretty clear, I think, that rules are going to change. At some point, Kyrie Irving's back for, for road games. But why don't we start with the Los Angeles Lakers? What do you what do you say? That seems to be sure. probably the most important on-court storyline. So let's start with that. Uh, They lost on Tuesday night to the Phoenix Suns in a game where they weren't all that competitive in the second half. They are rolling Isaiah Thomas out there, playing major minutes. Uh, Anthony Davis sprained MCL. He is out for at least four weeks, although we know that sometimes injuries linger with him. LeBron tweaked his ankle, and uh, the Lakers are 16-16 and Mm. going into a Christmas Day matchup with the Nets. And I I think – I don't know if it's time to push the panic button, but I think I'd have my finger over the panic button, Zan, if I, if I were them. What do you think? Yeah, it seems like people have turned on them in the idea that they could just turn it on, flip a switch, because the switch seems to be broken right now, at least. And it's not the kind of thing where let's turn it on for the playoffs because, hey, you're right now the seventh seed. You might have to play in the play-in game. You might, even if you win the play-in tournament, you might end up matched up with like the Suns, who seem to have your number. I would be scared, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't I, think, like I said, we, we talked about this last week a little bit. Like, I, I wouldn't do anything crazy like go on BovadaSportsbook.com and bet on them to not make the playoffs. I still do think, like, though at the very minimum make the play-in tournament would be my assumption, unless like LeBron gets hurt. And I don't know that I bet against LeBron in a one-game playing setting but he won but, they did it last year they got in and then they promptly left in the first round and that seems how like crazy would that be if they scenario how how crazy would that be if they played in the playing game two years in a row after winning the title which is so weird because i mean it's not like it's a wholly different roster i don't think lebron obviously is a little worse but he's not that much worse and a lot has been made of anthony davis shooting worse but i looked at his numbers last night because i'm like you know everyone's you know, dancing on his grave. I don't think he's playing that much different aside from the fact that he's just missing some threes. He's shooting 19%. Yeah. He's in the, you're talking about Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis. Yeah. yeah. I, and he's still like, you know, I, I still think he's a top 10 player. It's just, uh, it's clearly like the other pieces are the problem. It's hard to put him in the top 10. I think really? right now, I don't, I don't know. He's so good when like, like, it's funny, like the bubble experience we seem to get, like just the full on Anthony Davis, like MVP candidate type performance right where he was just like very clearly the second best and and a lot of times the Lakers best player on the floor but like I just feel like we haven't really gotten that at all since then and whether you know maybe this injury for him is a little bit of like a blessing in disguise in the sense that like he kind of gets to sit out he gets to catch his breath you know Westbrook has a little bit more of a role that he can play they're not trying to jam these guys in and out and then like I mean for him maybe he comes back and he's kind of reset a little bit but I mean, for the Lakers, it's bad. They played Isaiah Thomas like, I don't know, 25 minutes on Tuesday night, and he he shot one for 11. Rondo next to Westbrook. It's it's a bizarre decision making process, too. (laughs) This, this, this lineup last night. So, I mean, the Lakers lineup is just hilarious, right? So, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Mello, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, Rondo, LeBron, Russ. 
DeAndre Jordan. Like this was yeah, DeAndre started. I mean, just a fantastic team in like 2013. Like literally, like one of the best teams in the NBA. Well, and, in and you know what? I see a lot of people online being like, "Oh, LeBron got stuck with these duds." At what point do you have to blame him for this roster construction? And to take it a step further, the rotations, because you know David Fisdale. I don't know if you saw this quote. Fisdale's taking over because Vogel's in protocols. He's in protocols, yeah. And on the hot seat, you know. Certainly, and, certainly on the hot seat. Maybe won't yeah. won't come back from COVID protocols. Who knows? And then, so one of the reporters asked David Fisdale, "What do you think of LeBron playing however many minutes? He's averaging thirty-seven a game this year. He actually played less on Tuesday night. I think he played thirty-four minutes Tuesday night." And what was his answer? Uh, you can't really tell LeBron what to do. He does what he wants. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> that's a great coach. And then watching the game, I watched the game stayed up late. There was a time, there was a point where like they were on a the Suns were on a run, and LeBron like was pouting, and then LeBron just like marches to the bench and sits down in the middle of play, and then the coach is like, okay, I guess we're calling a timeout now. They might and, have already said he. he I don't that, know. He does I, that a lot. They didn't show the whistle or whatever. He, but, he does like, that. I think more than people realize that like they kind of communicate that the timeout's going to get called. So okay, like, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I'm not. In saying my head, he was just calling the shots. I, I just wonder. The thing about Anthony Davis getting hurt, I just wonder, like, Russ, you can play a million minutes, right? Like, he he yeah. just, and again, and it's... He looked fine to me, honestly. Like, he was attacking a little bit. He's, he's, he is who he is. It's just that yeah. this is a, this is not a great roster. I know Dwight Howard was in, I think, COVID protocols as well on Tuesday. But with Howard and Russ together as, like, you know, Howard is not this amazing screen and dive guy anymore, but he is still a very good screen and dive guy. And so I think like that pairing with Dwight Howard at the five could be pretty good moving forward. Well, Anthony Davis is hurt, but the problem is like, what is LeBron, you know, you're going to play him a million minutes. Like David Fisdale's right. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to tell LeBron like, Hey buddy, take this night off. I mean, I think that is one way to separate guys who are really good coaches when they can get great players to buy into something like that. Cause it is hard to tell competitive guys how to play. But I, I just think that like, what is he going to have in the tank, like down the stretch of the season, especially if they need to win games to like get the eighth seed or avoid like that second playing game? Because like it is very conceivable that the Lakers are like the 10 seed, which would have been yeah. like unheard of to start the year. But like I understand that they're 16 and 16 as of us recording, but it's not like they're playing particularly well. I, I think they're playing as like a true talent, like below 500 team. I agree with that. Their expected win differential and point differential is negative. Their point differential is negative. Let me check. Their expected win differential is negative 15 and 17. So I just presumed. Let me Okay, so they're right at so they're yeah. they're right at a 500 team. But and they've played an easy schedule, like one of the easiest schedules thus far. Yeah. And the pace is they're number one in pace, which you know wonder about LeBron James. Although I did hear something interesting that you know, pace is measured by possession. So the fact that Russ is turning the ball over four and a half times a game maybe increases the pace because it shortens possessions. Um <laughs> It's possible. I don't. I don't know the the matter. We're gonna have turnovers. I don't know. I mean, ter- obviously, like no turnovers are are amazing, but like, well, here uh, can I compliment LeBron are, and then criticize him because I thought he looks really good. Still, he was aggressive. He's, you know, he's, he's still he's still a great player. He's really good. Like, I'm criticizing him a little bit in this sense. Um, they they went small, like super small, a few times with LeBron at center, Trevor Ariza at center, a couple times with like four guards. That's interesting. Um. And LeBron, this is going to be like sacrilegious because he's, you know, 260 pounds of muscle. I don't think he's very good at it. I don't think he's like a good center because he's not a great rebounder, as crazy as that is to say, for his size. And he's not, he does amazing chase down blocks, but he's not like a rim protector either. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And he's so, a good enough rebounder for sure. He's a good, he, he's good. He gets defensive rebounds, you know, which, you know, how much is that worth? Um, so I don't know. I, I think uh, it's a little scary. There's a couple of times where he got, you know, DeAndre Ayton was guarding him and he couldn't get past him. I know he kind of heart- tweaked his ankle. So maybe that was part of it. But it's the problem with the team, I would say. You tell me if it's LeBron being diminished and Anthony Davis being a fraud, but it's just like such trash pieces. I mean. Yeah, it is. And LeBron I, has been fine. Anthony Davis being bad has been probably the biggest problem, I would say. Like, Anthony Davis not being, you know, able to stretch the floor and play a lot as a five. Like, I think that's been the biggest problem. Plus, LeBron, you know, he's only played 20 games. So, 
you know, you know what you, I think is great about this COVID protocol? Obviously, it's horrible. All these call-ups. It seems like a mess. It kind of tests organizations, I think. Like, can you identify decent players? Uh, I, are, you don't think so? Because I'll tell I, you. I think so. I think so to a point. But when there's 100 guys in protocol and you just go by, like, who has a better waiver claim, I don't think it's as true. Much we'll, like we'll talk that. about some, like, maybe hidden gems or whatever. Um, not well, gems. But it's decent it's, players. It's it's really funny, right, Zan? Because like the first guys that got called up, like that weren't so some dudes signed two ways off of specific affiliated G League teams, right? One guy that I'm actually pretty excited to see play if he gets a chance to play is Terry Taylor for the Pacers, but he was on the Mad Ants before. But like it was just like a who's who of like old NBA guys who have already gotten a chance, right? Like your boy Theo Pinson got to play for Dallas on Tuesday night and actually played well. Minutes, but it's yeah. just like you know Marquise Chris, Theo Pinson, like. Guys like that are the ones that automate Jamario Jones, like just that have already been around a ton, right? That get the first shot because they kind of like know what to do. Like Joe Johnson got signed. It's Wednesday as we're recording. He was signed Wednesday morning and he's going to play for the Celtics, assuming the game doesn't get postponed on Wednesday night. And probably, you know, score 20 points a game. But I mean, I think he could probably do that, right? (laughs) I think so. But so you have to, but I disagree in the sense that like Brooklyn, maybe we'll talk about the people they signed. I, I like their moves. And if you're LA, you kind of have, you know, you could bring in your choice of veterans. Isaiah Thomas, look, not to like Boston signed about CJ, this. Boston signed like CJ Miles to attend it. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's yeah, funny. See, I saw anyway. somebody like CJ Miles is gonna be a big boost to shooting. I'm like, Jamie good, Dotson, like, already NBA ago. guy who I really like. Like, you know, it just is what it is. Justin Anderson. Can I give you, can we know he's you not Isaiah Thomas that Isaiah Thomas, winner of my least valuable player. God, he was so bad last night. Um and you think, okay, small sample size, whatever, three games. Can you really tell? He's back to his old habits. I mean, like he's on box plus minus minus three in his three games. His box plus minus overall minus eight points per hundred possessions. I mean, clearly, like this. If you're just throwing the guy who was, by my estimation, the least helpful player in the NBA a few years ago, and then you're just throwing him out there for twenty minutes a night, like you're doing something wrong. Like your your like picker is off. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. There's like this whole like old school NBA mentality that like veterans and, and don't get me wrong. Like the league has, this has happened in, in almost every sport with the exception of like the NHL where guys can still get contracts when they're old, but basically every sport realized that like, you don't need to pay a 34 year old to be a veteran anymore. Like you can have right. your vets just be 30 and the best players end up playing longer, you know, whatever. But there's this like whole thing, like Jamal Crawford was on somebody's podcast recently, like complaining about how like Isaiah Thomas not being in the NBA was like disrespectful. And it's like there are so many dudes that are I, I would I would venture to guess, Zan, that like let's say 50 guys get called up from the G League, or it's probably more than that already. But like I would bet 45 of them are legitimately better NBA players than Isaiah Thomas at this point. Absolutely. Maybe, and, maybe 49, to be honest. Like he that, can score the basketball given an opportunity, but sure. you have to like give him a ton of shots. And on a team like the Lakers, where they're already struggling a little bit defensively, you can't play him 25 minutes a game. You just can't. And that mentality that you mentioned, like, I can't believe Isaiah Thomas is out of the league, is exactly why they're so dangerous. Because the guys who win routinely my LVB column and the who great is the worst players in the league are guys that, who used to be good. Anthony, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Crawford, it's all, it's Monte all guys, Ellis. Right. It's all guys who have a reputation that they're allowed to uphold. And then by the time you realize like, oh, man, they're just not quite good enough. You know, you're probably paying him too much. And I, I think we've talked about this. This is why, like, Kevin Love this year is so impressive with Cleveland. Like, he's just making a ton of money, but playing the role they want him to play. And I think... That, or even Dwight Howard, you know. Or like, Carmelo, honestly. Minutes. Yeah, they, they're just doing their job decently well. And they still deserve to be there. And then there's how some many, guys who coast on reputation. How many guys on the current Lakers roster do you think probably shouldn't be in the NBA? That's a great question. It can't, it can't be that many, honestly. Because even, like, DeAndre no. Jordan... Is like yeah, fine a third as guy. like a third center. Well, I think the only obvious one is Isaiah Thomas, to be honest. What, um, about, what about Rondo? Like, I understand the bubble and like, I understand him like making shots. And I, I know this whole like Rondo's a genius and like he watches film and he's like really good for young guys. But like outside of like a month window in the bubble playoffs, like have has he been good at all for four years? Am That's I am I being question. crazy? Like I, I I mean I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all, but like, well, I the just, fact that they they have to sign Isaiah Thomas to play, you know, as a backup scorer and point guard shows you that they don't think much of Rondo, although they're still playing him. 
I mean, the Lakers uh, advanced stats are uh, outside of LeBron's <laughs> who are very good because, you know, LeBron is very good, but like NADs are good too, but like their advanced stats are like egregiously bad. Well, and, and that's even, even Westbrook has like been fine, but like the guys that we expected, like that needed to take leaps, like, like T and Horton Tucker has been just right. like flat out terrible this year. And they gave him $30 million to be like the young guy on this team. Right. Well, I, I think you raise a couple of interesting, cause we said before the season for the Lakers to be a title contender, you need one of those young guys to be like reliable, whether it's Malik Monk, whether it's Horton Tucker, whether it's Kendrick Nunn. Who Monk, has been, yet. Monk has been okay. Monk has been okay. I think. Um, the guy that I think is really now the X factor to the roster right now, unless they make a move, is Trevor Ariza and the debate about whether he is one of those guys we're talking about who was good five years ago and is coasting out for reputation. He was four for four from three against the Suns. Right. Like I so mean, he was good. four for four. He looked okay defensively. He looks a little, I was watching him run. He looks a little like sluggish and like awkward. And maybe he's just over the hill. He hasn't played well in a few years, but this is I, theoretically an ideal situation for him. It is that because he's going to get open shots. I think the problem though is like at the end of the day with this Lakers team, who knows, maybe LeBron's got one more, you know, I'm not saying I think this is LeBron's last year. I certainly don't think that, but like maybe he's got one more, like he can really dig into the tank and like drag a team because I think he will have to drag this team. But like, if they play Brooklyn or they play like Milwaukee or or even they play Phoenix, like who is guarding Good. Who like if they play the Clippers? Like who's guarding Paul George? Zan? Like what? What? What player on this Lakers team? Like they have a bunch of guys who like at one point were really good defensive players. I mean, like, are you telling me that like Trevor Ariza is going to guard like Kevin Durant in the finals? It has to be. And is, he's he, he's going to guard guy. like he's going to guard like Luca. Like I, he's thirty six. He still has long arms. I mean, like he <laughs> he's thirty six. He still has long. He still arms. has long arms. I mean, you know, he's got some weird hairdo rocking right now. I mean, like Avery Bradley. Like I don't. I, I would assume that Avery Bradley is still a pretty good defender, but I I can't honestly say for sure because the Lakers are very bad defensively. And he's small. I mean, like it's just a small ass team. I guess like they guards they, who are not good defensively. They thought like Teal and Horton Tucker was going to be able to guard like one through three, and maybe he can at some point when he. Can. But like again, you can't really play. You know, they're going to play a lot of lineups, obviously, with like Russ, LeBron, and AD down the stretch, right? So those other two guys like are going to be tasked with doing a lot of kind of like dirty work, like make open shots, like guard good players, and you just like. You know, you don't really want it to be Carmelo or you don't really want it to be like Malik Monk or Wayne Ellington, but like it kind of has to be right. Well, I think if you're a Laker apologist or whatever, and you're you're thinking, look, we'll get AD back. He'll play better. We have three guys that we can lock in the lineup. And if the guys that I would rely on, like right now, if you just told me like playoffs started tomorrow, you need to pick a starting lineup. If Wayne Ellington and Trevor Ariza can hit threes, if they can hit threes, I think that's a dangerous team. I I just, I just don't, don't know if they can play. They're both in their mid thirties. Um, but the kind of the perfect formula in the sense, like I'm looking at advanced stats right now. Wayne Ellington has shot 93% of his shots were threes. That's good. Trevor Ariza's at 80% in a limited sample, obviously, but like, that's their role. The question is like, are they still that guy, you know, th- at 34 and 36 and well, Ellington was never a good defender. I mean, anyways, Ellington, is, like, Ellington is who he is. I mean, Ariza, yeah. I, I truly don't know. We haven't seen anything. But I, if I, you I, could surround those three guys with two good shooters and or even passable shooters in Ariza's case, like they're still kind of a good team. All right, let me ask you this. This is not. I don't know what happens with the bench, though, at that point. This is not the current Bovada odds, but like, let me ask you this. If I told you you could have the Lakers at plus 2,000 to win the title, so 20 to 1, 5% chance, would you, would you bet on them at 5% to win the I, I wouldn't. Title? And I, right now it's plus 1,200. It's plus twelve hundred on Bovada right now. See, that's yeah. just too. It's yeah, it's too high. Like, I mean, that's there's no I wouldn't way. Even do two, I wouldn't do twenty to one either. I, that's I just, what I'm saying. Yeah, this, this team is just. And again, like we get accused of being like LeBron haters a lot, and and I've said before, like I, I think at this point there's nothing really to say that's like way out of line. Like I don't think he's. You know, I I, I don't hate the guy by any means. I just think that like. And he went to LA. He won that title in the bubble. They were absolutely prepared. They were totally locked in. Like he, he was the leader. And I think that he tried to do some different things in the offseason that just didn't work out. And they ended up with Russell Westbrook. And I do think ultimately that'll be more of a positive than people think, but it still could be a, ne- a very big net negative getting rid of like 
Right. It's just the depth. depth so, soaking up that much of your cap. Yeah. It's, and your flexibility. He's just so hard to trade now. But it's the funny, reason, like, people are asking if like there's a deal to be made for like Ben Simmons or there's a deal to be made for like James Harden. And it's like, what are you, are you guys crazy? Like, <laughs> well, you'd have to attach like every pick from now until, and they don't, they don't own a lot of their picks. pick. Yeah. <laughs> that's scary. They don't own their pick next year. So if you end up in the lottery, that's a potential disaster. Um, I think if you want to give them faith, like you'd say, look, the roster right now is not going to win a title. Maybe there's a move to be made, you know, like CJ McCollum would be like a pipe dream. But like, if you put him on the team, like that's, that's maybe a title winning team. How do you get that play? I don't know. Save trading like (laughs) Anthony Davis for like a bunch, like trading Anthony Davis for like a, you know, KCP. But could you trade Westbrook? No. And a bunch of picks. No, you just couldn't. The Space problem is three tickets. Because it's tough. Like Westbrook isn't necessarily like I've said this before. Like I think Westbrook keeps your team from being like truly terrible, but he also limits your ceiling. We've talked about that. And there's no way that like he's not enough of a draw at this point in his age for some team to trade for him to be like, all right, we'll we'll like, you know, let him springboard us into the future. It just doesn't make sense. And also, too, there's kind of been this thing where, like, teams have helped out the Lakers for, like, years. And at this point, I just don't – like, aside from, like, really taking a dive and being like, yeah, we'll trade, like, you know, we'll trade you Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook. Like, I mean, what, what's going to happen here? There's no deals to be made. Like, well, how, much, they, how much would you blame LeBron? Because this is, like, this is a LeBron hater moment. I, I would, I sound I would the alarm. But the guy's been in the league 19 years or whatever, made the all-star team 17 times been the best player you recognize the best player for at least 12 15 I mean it's years. been 10 yeah it's been 10 plus years at least and he's won four titles picking his own team basically for the last you know however many years I mean, I'm not gonna that say seems that. like kind of like an underwhelming number to be honest no that's an, no I think it's an underwhelming number I, I think four I think that there is nothing if you told me I I would have the best player in the league for 20 years I would win more than four titles that I don't well, you would first of all, you don't have the best player. Well, whatever. Best player for 15 years. No, no, what I'm saying, no, no, I, I just mean like he was on other teams. Like it wasn't just no, but like if he stayed in his Cleveland. Career, if I'm Rich Paul and I'm like, I can all right. So so I think that um we were talking about what could like Kevin Durant do to kind of be viewed as like better than LeBron when it's all said and done. And I, I think we tend to overlook that like LeBron's career has been there's just no way you could have expected him to deliver these le- this level of results when he got drafted. Like I understand, like this is right. this is this is so far beyond even the blueprint of like what you think a number one pick can do for your franchise. And now there are a few people that can do it, but like I just I just think that four titles in 19 years, like plus going to the finals every year. He, he I mean not every year, but he went to the finals over half the years in his career. Right, he's done the finals ten times. Is he four and six or four and seven? Well, let me let me clarify. I don't mean his career is underwhelming because he obviously. No, no, I understand. You're saying is his total number of titles underwhelming? Just just that aspect. I think it's underwhelming. I think we've talked about this before on the show. Yeah, we have actually a lot, but no, no, no. Just in the sense that like his team was always good enough to like win his league, and then like they just because of the way that like he constructed his teams because like Miami. You know what? What do they win? Two titles in four years, or two titles yeah. in five years in Miami? No, they. I'm looking it up right now. It's almost presidential terms. He spent four years in Miami, won two titles. Spent four years in Cleveland, one title. Four years in Lakers, one title so far. This is year four with the. Lakers. This is year four. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's fair necessarily to judge him on how like Cleveland looked originally. So like, no, you know, I agree. 2003 to like yeah. 2007. It's it's tough to include that. And then if you if you don't, and again, and again, well, this is like really arguing semantics, like. Then you're saying he won a title like a quarter of the time, and like that's it's pretty good. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to win a title, yeah, right? That's like, true. There yeah. aren't very many guys that can claim they were the best player in the league for as long as LeBron has been able to claim that, and also have like because even like like let's be honest here, like even Kobe, like when was Kobe like consistently the best player in the league? No, so, like, I, he's he, certainly he, the- wasn't. Like other than Jordan, I don't know that we've ever seen anybody who's been like the best player in the league for 10 years. Unless you're talking like tennis or golf or something. Um, I just wonder, you would have to go back and really do a deep dive on like the roster decisions. Like I'm thinking they're bad. His roster decisions in Miami were good actually. Yeah. It seems like it. And then on paper, I think Kyrie and Kevin love fit well enough to win titles, except they ran into golden state. 
Yeah, that's kind of not really. The Lakers ones have been iffy. I mean, obviously bringing Anthony Davis, I think it's more positive than negative, but they Wait, basically surround Wait, hold on, hold on. More positive than negative? What are the negatives of having Well, Anthony you know, Davis? Brandon Ingram's been good. Would you, rather, lost have, a lot of would you rather have Lonzo Ball's been good? Would you rather have Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart than Anthony Davis specifically? Well, Let's just talk this about month, it. maybe. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I always go like top. I mean, they top. don't win. They they absolutely do not win a title in the bubble with those guys, like they do with. Anthony I agree. Yes, yeah. and I don't think they would win a title now with those guys either. I don't know. Maybe Lonzo's really a good NBA player, and Brandon Ingram. He would really fit good, really well. But the problem team. is, Brandon Ingram, like you, can, like LeBron can't really play with another like high usage wing, which was kind of interesting in terms of like getting Lillard or not Lillard, getting Russell Westbrook because like he doesn't provide you the shooting that, and, and he sort of is just like a high usage wing. I understand that he's actually a point guard, but like the way Russ plays, like he doesn't space the floor for you and he needs a ton of like, he needs the ball. And so like, it, you know, that it just never really made sense from the start to have him. Whereas like Anthony Davis makes perfect sense. Right. Right. Or Kyrie Irving, you know, talking yeah, about Kyrie, the deal. I mean, Kyrie probably made the, he made like the most sense. Yeah. Even yeah. more so than like Dwayne Wade. I, I think Dwayne is better, but I'm just saying like fit wise, it made yeah, a lot of young, sense. young Wade and, and Wade too deserves a lot of credit for like learning how to play with LeBron like Chris Bosch was the better fit of the two because he sort of like took his role and just like ran with it but like Wade learning how to like cut and play off LeBron because really anybody can play with LeBron but Russ doesn't do that right like you couldn't play like like you could play Harden with LeBron because he can make shots but like Harden just standing like that really hurts LeBron like you need to be a very active member of the offense when LeBron has the ball and like Wade really understood how to do that despite being like you know a pretty big non-shooter I'm just, I want to go back and, and do a longer research on like how much LeBron's preferred to play with veterans. Obviously, he doesn't always get the choice. But looking back on his last year in Cleveland, the first time around, before he left, their starting lineup, they played Shaq, 37-year-old Shaq, for 50 games. They played Anthony Parker, who's probably okay, but he was 34 at the time. What year was this? Sorry. This is 2009. Okay. Um, okay. Anton Jameson, towards the end of his career, started 20 games. Yeah, and put nice. up 15 points a game, but he's playing with mid 30 year olds back then. But th- but you got you got you do have to remember though, like when LeBron came in the league, there were legitimately veterans still in the NBA. Like there were 35 year old guys on like every roster, whereas that hasn't been the case. So like by the time 2011 rolled around, right? LeBron's been in the league what eight years? He's you know in his prime. He's 27 years old, 28 years old, whatever. Like he's come to know that like those dudes deserve opportunities, and those dudes have like a role. Whereas but what about now, what, explain this one to me? 2017, his last year in Cleveland, second time. Guys who started for them included 32-year-old J.R. Smith. Okay, but uh, he's that was like his best friend. And J.R. Smith had good moments with them. Too. George Hill played, who's not bad, but he didn't play well there, 20 games. Isaiah Thomas, remember that short stint there? Yeah, he doesn't count really. When they moved I don't him. remember this. Jay Crowder was on that team. Do you remember yeah, this? For yeah. 40 games? I did not remember that. Um, those Jose guys Calderon. That, those guys weren't Jose that old. Calderon. Okay, he, he was old, but those guys, 36. like Jay Crowder, wasn't like that old, right? Like, no, he wasn't old. He was twenty-seven. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I mean, Isaiah Thomas wasn't that old either, right? His draft class was two thousand eleven. He was twenty-eight, but he looked old. He, that yeah. was a post. His hip was finished. Like he was over at that point. But I, I don't know, man. I, he he clearly likes playing with veterans. That is like it's such an interesting roster. That last year in Cleveland, somebody needs to do a thirty for thirty. They had Kevin Love, George Hill. Rodney Hood, Jeff Green, Dwayne Wade had a short stint there. Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Kyle Korver traded for yeah, they traded for Jordan Clarkson. I remember that. Larry Nance and Tristan Thompson, Amon Shumpert, Derek Rose, Kendrick Perkins on the roster for one game. Man, Channing just, Fry. What a team! It's just yeah, Channing Fry's talked about like this team before, and like I know I think he played on the Cavs the year before, but like it's he said it's funny because you had a lot of money in one place too. Plus LeBron, yeah. so I mean, talk about Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose, like coming off the bench, and Isaiah Thomas, all guys who had been MVP candidates, and were just didn't like Isaiah Thomas finish second in the MVP? No, no, he was second he team was All NBA, five, second team All NBA. Yeah, we're being disrespectful, to Isaiah Thomas. He was good that one here. Noted, was- noted NBA superstar Isaiah Thomas. Okay, I so I feel, so we're saying the Lakers have screwed up their call ups. Is there anyone you alluded to? Because this is sort of your specialty: finding guys that are pretty good that no one else really knows about. 
I would say, isn't that your specialty? That's my claim specialty, but you actually do know them. Uh, all right. Me. The one guy that I'm actually kind of excited, I, I mentioned him earlier, but so Indiana, who is like, I don't know, on the precipice of like blowing it up or like maybe not blowing it up. I don't know. But they signed a guy named Terry Taylor to a two-way contract. And Terry Taylor played at Austin P in Clarksville, Tennessee. And I think that he was OVC player of the year, back-to-back years. And he's kind of like six, he's like six five, two thirty. He's kind of like a, a, a do-it-all sort of like four-man. And I think a guy like him, he was a, a hellacious rebounder in college, but 20 and 10 guy in college for like two straight years. And I hope he gets an opportunity to play because I think he's one of those guys that can guard a lot of different positions. Like he he to me is the type of guy that has a chance to stick based on getting some minutes at this particular time. Cause I think there's a lot of guys that come in and they'll be like, all right, people need me to score. Like, this is what my role is. But like Terry Taylor's actual role might be like, Hey, do some dirty work, you know, be like Javante green on the bulls and carve yourself out a role as like a four man who can defend and rebound. And I think he has a chance to stick in that role in the NBA. And so it might not be the sexiest name to pick, but I think there are some guys that might end up carving themselves out a year or two of an NBA deal because of how they play now. And I expect him to come in and play as a role player, which I think will really be helpful for him moving forward. But he's one guy that I'm kind of hoping gets some minutes because I'd like to see, you know, because he's so undersized. But well, and I, it, that's a good call. And that's if you, if I was running a roster, that's what I would try to do is like try to not hit a home run, but dig in the dirt and find a guy who's been productive. And if you look at like, you say, I'm, I'm good at, I'm not good at it. I claim to be good at um, finding diamonds in the rough. And I have had success in the sense of like, pretty simple formula. Like if a guy's been productive and it's just discounted for whatever reason for that guy, maybe it's Taylor's his size or whatever his height or the fact that he played in a small school and, and stuck around college for a while. Those are usually reasons that the NBA doesn't look at you, but guys like Fred Van Vliet or whatever, Christian Wood or whatever, like they're just like productive where they go. Yeah. And that tends to translate. Um, it's rare that you see a guy who's just dominating and then they go to the NBA and, and it doesn't translate I mean, at all. Terry Taylor, 19 and a half points, 12 and a half rebounds per game in the G League. Small amount of small sample. Right. Like is there anyone who really like aside from like maybe guys who are really old or something like are there guys that it don't doesn't translate at all? That was always the argument against, you know, certain players, but it never really seems to manifest. No, I mean, I think there are definitely situations like Isaiah Thomas going to score a lot in the G League, right? Like he's going to put up big numbers and it's it's it's, you know, there, there are guys that can do kind of like their specific thing. But I, I think, you know, you see guys that don't succeed after being kind of successful in the G league or being successful overseas because like they come in and they're just not ready to give up their role. And I, I think like I, this is an Alex Caruso quote. Like he said this at some point where, you know, guys come in for NBA teams and they think they're like interviewing for the CEO and it's like, nah, dude, you're interviewing to be the janitor. Like that's what they want you to do. And I think that's where guys struggle. So yeah, when you true. see when you see guys, in my opinion, when you see guys who are dominant in other areas on the court, like not a dominant score, but like, you know, really good passer, really good rebounder, really good defender, like really good rim protector. Those are the guys that kind of have a chance, in my opinion, have a leg up to succeed in these types of moments because their skills are kind of like transitional, if that makes sense. But I mean, I'm not saying that like we're going to go on Bovada in a year and like Terry Taylor is going to be like potential six man of the year. You know, I don't expect that, but there are like guys like that, like whether it's Christian Wood, Chris Middleton was in the G league. Like you can find decent guys and they're usually guys who are not like top prospects. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure why Theo Pinson doesn't stick because he does a lot of things. Right. He just can't shoot, but he's gotten a ton of opportunities, right? That's your guy, Theo Pinson. Like, I do like Theo Pinson. And, and, he, and, and, and all things considered, like he's a pretty good player. Yeah, I think he should be on a roster at least. Um, yeah, it surprises me. You know, like Langston Galloway, right? Got a call up from Brooklyn. Well, I was going to, that was the thing I was going to mention. I like Langston Galloway. I, Brooklyn, I, I praise their moves. And look, I don't know if these guys are going to play because Brooklyn has like decent depth if you're talking like yeah, and now, and now guys are, players. And now guys are like coming back too right. from protocols. But but like Langston Galloway, you know, could shoot pretty well. Used to be an okay defender. He's over 30. Shaq Harrison, they signed, who I think is a good defender. That, that's kind of the other guy that I was going to mention is Shaq Harrison, that he's had opportunities, right? He played for Denver in the playoffs last year. But like, he is one of the best point of attack defenders, I think, that exists in the NBA. Like everyone talks about Davion Mitchell, and I understand that they think the offensive upside is higher, and Shaq Harrison is just a brutally bad shooter. But like, 
at some point, is the pendulum not going to swing back a little bit where like you can have Shaq Harrison in your roster because he can guard other teams, really good offensive players when he's in the game. I, I just don't understand. Like, like he has the most upside. I think of these guys in the sense that he's not a good shooter, but he has shot well for stretches. Yeah. Like I think of the bulls. He shot like 40% one year. Let me look that up in a very small sample size. But then you talk about playing next to Durant and Harden. You're going to get a lot of open threes. Isn't it a better chance? He's only 28% for his career. So maybe he's just unsalvageable, but maybe he's Trevor Ariza without the name of Trevor Ariza. You know? Why can't Shaq Harrison do what Bruce Brown does? Right. Right. He's, he's a taller guy, right? He's, he, he, I mean, he's 28 at this point anyway. Right. So he, he's older. Like we said, but he's been he stayed in, in college for four years. Right. And he's been around for like a while. And I, I mean, I don't know for me, like Shaq Harrison is a guy that I would do everything I could to, to make it. So he's like, not part of our plans. Like I, I just would try to play him and be like, all right, he can't do this, you know, because he's such a good defender in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that's what I like about what Brooklyn did. And then James Ennis, they signed him might be over the hill. When in great Gabriel, those are all guys who are like not going to be in your playoff rotation, but you see what I mean though, Zan? through the season. You see what I was saying? Like, this is all dudes who've like been in the NBA before. Yes. It's like nobody's going out. This is so I, I, I was joking about this. I don't know if I actually texted you this, but I was joking that as all there's they're going to be out of players in the G League eventually, right? But there are guys that are kind of like the dregs of the G League that fill out rosters that are not sort of like priorities, right? But I had heard of every single person that had gotten called up. And then I was like, I was pretty excited. I was like, I know these guys. I know where they went to college. I kind of know where some of them played. And then the Sacramento Kings, who have just never let me down. I want to make sure I get this guy's name right. Maybe I, 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 this is bad radio, but the Sacramento Kings signed someone named Aid. A-D-E is his first name. And I'm not sure what his last name is. I, I have to actually look it up. And I was like, I've never heard of this guy in my entire life. And so maybe yeah, the Kings I, I reached are, that point a few weeks ago. You're a little ahead of me there. Maybe maybe the Kings are uh, are digging down deep into their scouting. And I actually texted somebody. Aid Murky? Aid Murky. Yeah, Aid Murky. He played college ball at Denver. Second team all Summit League his senior year, but I had never heard of him. And he wasn't even putting up like huge stats for the Stockton Kings. He was averaging like 12 a game. But I actually texted somebody that I know who works in the G League, and I was like, I've never heard of this guy. And he was like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him, but like, I'm happy to see a guy like him actually make some money, you know? Cause that's like what the G yeah. is supposed to be all about is hopefully he gets an opportunity, but had never heard of him before. Sacramento also signed Emmanuel Moutier. I was pretty excited about that one. He's been playing in Lithuania. I wonder how many, so what would you do? So say you're the Lakers, would you take some upside swings or would you just try to find Low upside vets. I well, mean, let's, what let's talk about this for a second, right? So the NBA, so the COVID outbreak, is, you know, everywhere is bad. Like the NHL has paused some games and the NHL is actually pausing their schedule, I think, uh, Wednesday night. But the NBA is like adamant that they're not going to cancel games, right? But people are going to keep getting it. And like, obviously, we know that it spreads despite vaccination, even though most players, lots of players are asymptomatic, at least people that I've talked to. So I think the NBA is just ultimately going to go to like, you know, if you're asymptomatic, you just never have to test. We don't care. It just is what it is. And that's probably okay in the long run. But I do think there are teams that are just like, hey, if we get through this right now, then like we're through it. Right. Yeah. And so like if you're Brooklyn, you're like, all right, Durant's been on it. James Harden's been on it. Irving's been on it. Like we're just not going to miss those guys. They're not going to have to test. Right. Because they're going to be within this like supposed 90 day window. And so if I'm the Lakers, I bet they're just trying to like weather the storm. Just get through it. Because they're realistically, Zan, like we talked about it's not like LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russ aren't playing 40 minutes a game in the playoffs anyway. So there's not a lot of minutes to go around for the, uh, you know, December COVID call-up guy who played well in like three games. And like, look, there's a silver lining in this COVID spike. It's, it doesn't seem to be as serious of cases. I don't think anyone's risking, doesn't feel like these players are risking their serious health. It's just more of like, what do we do? How do we keep these quarantine rules? Like, you know, how do we take it seriously without, you know, shutting everything down. It's just like a logistical problem more than anything at this point. It seems that way. And again, you know, we are are seeing games canceled, which, you know, we're going to see. But you didn't answer my question. So say you're the Lakers and you're like, I told you I I would sign Terry Taylor or James Ennis. If I was the Lakers, I mean, honestly, it serves them well to like sign somebody who could be good, but because they're not going to get really an opportunity to play. I tell you what, I would not have signed Isaiah Thomas. That's for sure. Yeah. 
if I was going to sign an old guy, I would have signed Joe Johnson. Like that would, you know, he's fine. Yeah. Two time big three MVP. I saw Woj on Twitter, like saying that, like, and I mean, Joe Johnson is, he's a bigger dude. Like he can give you minutes. Like he can get a shot off. Well, if we think like, 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 here's the thing. Okay. Not to like harp on the Lakers, but we'll do it. This is an all Lakers podcast, whatever, I guess. Carmelo has been like very good for the Lakers, right? Like Carmelo Anthony has shot the ball really well. He's, he's played well in the minutes that he's, they've asked him to play. He's never going to be an all world defender anymore, but he's kind of embraced playing the four and, and being able to kind of compete that way. Is there a reason that we think Joe Johnson can't do that same thing in 20 minutes? I understand he's old. He's not, you know, he hasn't been playing in the NBA. So like being in shape is one thing, right? And Melo has gotten himself in like pretty incredible shape for his age, but like, Joe Johnson, you're talking about another guy who's like 6'8", 230, can make shots, makes tough shots, can lean on somebody. Like, I just don't know why you'd sign Isaiah Thomas if Joe Johnson was like a guy that you could sign. When the Lakers' issue is that they're already horrendous defensively, you might as well sign another guy that can play that 3-4 spot, to me at least. I think your point about Carmelo is really good. And the thing that Carmelo's done a good job of lately is being like – you know, because he used to be, you know, like a Durant type scorer, ISO scorer, mid range master. It's like, I just can't play that way if I'm the seventh guy. And look, at, I cited that stat before. What percentage of your shots are three pointers? Carmelo in his prime, here are his numbers 14%, 13%, 17%. This year, 57%. And he can hit that shot, obviously. Um, it's just like extending his range a little Actually, bit. Look, it's like, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised it's over 50%. Yeah, it's like that's your role, like it's, just hit open threes. And it's really funny. I, I I've been more impressed with Carmelo than a lot of guys, just because of like you know I, I do think the way that he kind of got run around in Oklahoma City and Houston. I, I think there were some things he needed to mature at, but I, then I think he kind of got thrown under the bus a little bit. But it is funny, like Portland did this too, and the Lakers do it when you watch him play. It's almost like they know you've got to give him like two or three like short corner or like elbow post ups and he's cool with that. Like if he gets a couple of them, you know what I'm talking about, Zane, where he gets yeah, the post, he, gets and he the can guy still do back. it. Yeah. <laughs> but but he like, has, like throw some cold water on it. He hasn't graded as a positive player since 2017. Um yeah. but for the Lakers when you have we watch THT go one for eleven from three and air he airballed a three too. Like he might be your best bet right now. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Let's uh let's move to these Christmas day games. Yeah. We've heard there's contingencies in place, but let's let's kind of talk. Do we have through. the odds on them? Uh, let's take let's do a little mini gambling game. And there is them. no uh, Bovada does not have odds for does not have game lines yet. Which I think in a normal season when there weren't a ton of COVID positives, I, I think they probably would. But like not knowing if like Giannis is going to play or anything like that, right? And it's a few it's, games away still. So but let's just pick winners then. All right, Hawks Knicks game one, 12 p.m. I will say. If you are looking to make money, the 12 p.m. or the noon Christmas day under is is usually a pretty good play. So that would be my I usually just blindly bet it. So I'm just going to go on Bovada and throw a couple dollars on the under in that game. But I would expect I would expect the Hawks to win. Um, And there's no better way to um, spend the holiday than slipping away from your family to check the under on the early game (laughs) at a new on a noon. That's a good way to get divorced for next year. What do you think? I mean, I, I would. I think. Okay, the Hawks so, no, I don't know. So, what's the? So, say it again. Who is it? It's Atlanta Hawks at Knicks. Grudge match from the playoffs. And, um, and usually, I feel like the Knicks get this home game every year, right? Like, I feel like, and the, we should probably do longer on the Knicks because it's sort of like you know, regression just hit them hard. Yeah. Um, Kemba Walker twenty nine points the other night and was like, I haven't left, and it's like, dude, you, what are you talking about? Like, the team is you're only playing because the team is playing awful. I'll take the Hawks and Lance Stevenson's back. Give him a little grittiness and a little. Toughness. I did see. I did see that Lance Stevenson was actually like one of the better players at the G League Showcase. Which I read that too. I don't, which I don't is interesting, that, but you know, I, I mean, he he does a lot of things well. Also, like if he's he's a guy that like it'd be nice if we got kind of saw these like the veteran resurgence, if you will, of like these guys coming back and being like good rotation players. I don't. I don't think. It's I do think he adds a little toughness to them. He adds a little flair. That's fun. All right, let's talk next game. I'm picking the Hawks too, by the way. Next game, Celtics and Bucks, 2.30 Eastern time. Not really sure how the Celtics just keep getting like super primetime spots because they are just gross to watch play. Don't know who's going to be in for the Bucks, um, but 
I think it'd be fun to watch Jason Tatum and like Giannis go head to head and in just like a big scoring battle. If the Bucks were at full strength, I would expect the Bucks to roll. It's in Milwaukee, but I don't know. I, I'm I more angry that like playing. Boston. The Bucks have lost at this recording two in a row. It seems like they're just coasting through the regular season. They have a bunch of guys out. Like Giannis hasn't played in what three games, I think. So, but is there in Milwaukee? Looks like you're not gonna. Well, I don't know. You're only four back, three four back from Brooklyn, so maybe you can get the one seed, but. Is there any real reason to chase any higher seed? Because it's either the Brooklyn's the only team that scares you. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd rather have home court advantage just because. But knowing, like, knowing what we know, like maybe the Sixers will be better. Like maybe Miami will be better. But like, I don't know. It does feel I'm, like I'm a taking Boston because I think, like, as sad as it is, like this might be the bright spot for Boston yeah, season might, when like Tatum goes for forty on Christmas Day. Be fun. People would like that. He'd throw like a Santa hat on. They'd have him pick up his kid who's always around and who is very cute, by the way. And he'd have like a Santa hat on too. And it, you know, it'd be it'd be fun. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's predict that. All right. Warriors at Suns. So the third time that this is happening, everybody's pretty healthy. We might get Clay Thompson back. I actually am really kind of surprised that the NBA has like embraced the Suns enough. Now they didn't embrace him enough to give him like the 230 game, obviously, because it was. The afternoon, it'd be too early on the West Coast. And then also, you know, the Lakers get that 8 p.m. game. LeBron gets either the 2.30 or 8 p.m. every every year. So, but this is probably the best game, right? It, this, this yeah, is the two Devin best Booker's, teams by record. Right. Devin Booker's back. He did not play the second meeting and he only played it. He played about 20 minutes the first meeting. And like I said, we might get Clay Thompson. So, I mean, this one's exciting to me. Like, this is probably the one that I'll be most interested in watching. Yeah, I think the Suns are best team right now and by that i mean they're going to be the best team in december and january i just think they're kind of rolling right now they play how i don't know old, if that yeah well they play how like old guys want basketball to be played right like the ball doesn't stick like everybody seems to know their role i'm a little worried about chris paul not not like so worried about him but i don't think he cannot anymore win you a game by himself and i think that makes me a little bit nervous but, you know, the Suns went to the finals last year. They've now been there before. They've, they've gotten a lot of – they got to figure out this eight in contract situation because, like, if you really want to be, like, bullish about the Suns moving forward, like, you have to have eight in as part of the, the picture. Yeah, right? and I've heard Suns fans say, like, look, like, JaVale McGee's playing well, He's which playing not great. to say. Yeah, He's he looks great. good, too. Like, another Lakers error. Like, let's go with let, – let's let him out. But you got you to understand, like, hold on. Let me, let me defend LeBron for one second. Yeah. Some of these guys that have been shipped out and are better elsewhere, they were never going to be good with the Lakers, right? But and he could is, play the DeAndre Jordan role. Yeah, I bet they wish they had JaVale now, to be honest. I do I do agree with that. But my, my point is, like, you, you get to blossom elsewhere under different, you know, under different circumstances and, and different coaching staffs. But, like, the fact that JaVale McGee is, like, a, still an NBA rotation player, if you had told me that 10 years ago when the Wizards drafted right. him, I thought he was going to be out of the league in, like, three years because he was right. just such an idiot, you know? Well, and he's just like has he still has, like – bringing his step but i've heard people Suns fans say look we don't need to max ayton because not that javel mcgee is the answer but like anyone playing with chris paul is going to look great i just think chris paul's not going to be around forever yeah Yeah. you have to think about the future past chris paul even and i don't know how you don't extend ayton i I mean i think if the Suns want to have any like realistic staying power like ayton is part of this like mikhail bridges and devin booker are really good but like and bridges has taken a couple steps forward in my opinion like actually kind of like a sneaky candidate on Bovada for most improved. I, I don't think he'll win just because there are, you know, a bunch of guys putting up big, big numbers, but I, I think he's been very good. And I think they can actually rely on him to be their second or third best player moving forward where I didn't initially think that. Well, and also but, with Aiden, like he's been, uh, he had some suspensions and stuff, but he's 23. He's you so extend him, yeah. If you, if you extend him to age 28, 29, there's not that much downside either. No, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. that, that I, I think they'll ultimately end up doing it. It just depends like what they want to do with the tax situation. Cause like they paid everybody else to make it almost so like they can say like, Oh, we're not going to pay eight because we're not going to max the guy. It's, I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. I would hate to see them like blow up a franchise that, looks to have really turned the corner and, and can yeah. compete in the West for a couple of years by pinching like a few pennies, which, you know, they'll probably do. I would expect Phoenix to be favored here. I don't, I don't know that they are based. And again, it, it, it's hard to actually like set a line on any game, not knowing what's going to happen, but I would expect Phoenix to be favored. And I, 
I'm excited to see what a Phoenix Christmas Day crowd looks like, Zan. That's probably my one prediction. Is I, I don't know who's going to win, but I'm excited to hear how their crowd is and to see how into it their crowd is. What's the next game? How many of these games actually get played? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Nets-Lakers, 8 p.m. Oh, that's the game right there. I mean, I Train think, wreck TV. I think the Nets will have a couple guys back by then. But, man, if you were expecting to see LeBron and KD and what you actually get to see is, like, LeBron against – you know, Langston Galloway and Bruce Brown, you're probably pretty upset. I'm not, not that this is a Laker hating LeBron moment, but he, you know, twisted his ankle. Does he dodge this matchup? Cause he does not want to play. I would say that blown can, out on TV. I actually would say that I would pick the, if, if I would pick the Lakers really? in, in a lot of different settings, if the Nets were at full strength, I'd pick the Nets, but like LeBron digs into his bag to like win these games. And I think it matters to him. So um, as of right now, knowing what we know, I'm going to pick the Lakers. I would just love to see at some point in the next couple of weeks, Isaiah Thomas is going to score 30 in a game and it's going to be a lot of it's hype. It's going to be a him. great interview. All right. Last game of the night, Mavericks and jazz. I, I don't agree with you that the Suns are the best team. I think the jazz are actually the best team. I think the jazz may actually be the, a title favorite. I've told you before. They have jumped on Bovada past the Lakers in terms of title odds. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear the market's correcting. Uh, but Mavericks have a bunch of guys out as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I would pick the Jazz. It's in Utah. Again, it's a, it's a 10-30 game, so it won't be the type of exposure that you know Jazz fans are desperately begging for. But uh, that's yeah. Be a good I mean, game. the Mavs. We we could do an hour on the Mavs. Like they they got issues. Luca, you know, is not playing right now. But I don't know. It's just depressing to think that like we saw the best of the Mavs like two years ago, and Luca. I don't just, know. Like, maybe, plateauing. Maybe. See, this is a good argument for why LeBron is like the best because yeah. like Luke is going to be a top five player for a long time and he may not get to four titles because it's hard, but like not to dwell on this, but Luca basically putting up the same numbers. One key difference down from his sophomore year, nine free throws a game down to five and a half this year. Yeah. Their offense is a little bit different too, which I, I think his turnovers are up. Like he's just not, he hasn't been as good as he was as a second year player, which everyone is, I think surprised by at this point. I mean, sometimes guys are, I've said this before with Jason Tatum, like when everyone expected him to take a huge jump, like some guys are closer to finished products than you think. I don't think that about Luca though, just for the record. We'll talk more about the Mavs. After, maybe yeah, after we watch there's this. a lot of like disappointing teams, I think, including the Mavs, the Knicks. All right, so we'll do New Year's resolutions next week and we'll talk about what the disappointing teams need to- Atlanta's to under 500 right now. It's All right, like Celtics so who are, are you, under pick, 500 who are you right picking now. in that game? I mean, I don't know, Utah minus 10 or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like I just think, I think you're right. I think they're one of the best, at least regular season teams. They're right, on a roll. They're still slept on. You're right. Their point differential is second best behind the Warriors right now. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this for today. Enjoy some Christmas day hoops. Peace. Do you have a present? Can listeners send you a present on your OnlyFans no, account? No, 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 no presents. I don't celebrate. I'm all about family on Christmas. I don't celebrate. I don't like gifts. Just, uh. Just want to be with be with my loved ones and then get away from him and watch and watch that <laughs> basketball. So all right. He is uh, Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show is Ellison at gmail.com. And uh, enjoy the holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy Christmas hoops as always. Great, great time of the year. Hopefully the games get played. And uh Zan, as always, buddy. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 